Welcome to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Mur de Marmion. On our program, we explore the ancient, current, and future modalities that are used in sound therapy and vibrational healing. We share information that is vital for a new paradigm of thinking and being to embrace vibration important for healing illness and disease. And now, here is your host, Mur de Marmion. Welcome. Welcome to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration, and I am your host, Mur de Marmion. And today we have a really uh, amazing show. Our topic is plant medicine, and we welcome Carlos Tanner, who is the founder of the Ayahuasca Foundation in Inquitos, Peru. And we're going to talk about Ayahuasca, the retreats that they offer there, what, how they help us heal, and some other additional information. Uh, welcome, Carlos. Hi, thanks, Mar. Thanks so much for having me on. That's awesome. I, I, this is a topic that I love to talk about, and um, I have several friends. I'm not sure if they went to your foundation for their retreats, but they have had the journey, and they had an amazing experience, so... I'm really excited about sharing this. Um, let's just start with the basics, if we can. How did you, you're, you're born, raised in the United States, and how did you find out uh, and when about ayahuasca? What were, were you searching for, and how did you find it? Sure. Um, I, it's actually a pretty interesting story. I love uh I love tying the pieces together when I look back to see like, you know, where you came from or how you got to a particular place. And, and I love this story as well. Um, so I basically had come back to uh, Massachusetts where I'm from and where I went to the University of Massachusetts, having traveled across the country, um, kind of just I had a VW bus like driving around and I had had uh, a kind of spiritual epiphany when my bus broke down and I kind of pinpoint that as being kind of where it all started, the beginning of it all. Um, and that's when I saw that there were things connecting us all and, and where there were omens and I, I started to think like I was meant to break down at that point and started to connect the pieces, I think, for their because I was able to look at them so uh, slowly because I had nothing to do being broke down, living in a broke down bus for three weeks. And (laughs) when I got back to Massachusetts, I uh, kind of tried to put the pieces of my life back together and, and ended up getting a job through a temp agency. And the uh, receptionist of the office that I worked in was Peruvian coincidentally and Mm -hmm. Peru really wasn't very big on the map for me but it just became big because while I was broke down I went to the library quite a bit in the town that I was broke down in which was Flagstaff Arizona and I ended up reading in the library the entire book The Celestine Prophecy which if you've read it takes place in Peru I was reading a journal at that that time yeah it's a fantastic book and it was kind of like explaining to me 
what I was experiencing, like meeting someone that seemingly random who then had like this piece of information that was really helpful to me. And, um, and so it was like, uh, a mirror of my own experiences and it just all came together in this really wonderful way. I was keeping a journal at that time and I wrote in my journal, I think I want to go to Peru. And that was the first time I ever really thought that. And then I come back and get a job where the receptionist is Peruvian. And that was kind of another uh, little omen, you could say, or or a piece of guidance for me. Uh, But the job that I had was really kind of unnecessary, to be honest. Like the the job shouldn't have existed because there was so (laughs) little work for me to do. It just required that I have an internet connection and a phone. And if someone's phone broke on the University of Massachusetts, they would call me and then I would schedule this repair ticket through the internet um, to have someone go fix it. And that was my job. So like one phone a day broke, maybe. And so I, for eight hours a day, would just sit with an internet connection waiting for someone to call. And in the beginning, I would just, I just, like the first few days, I did the crossword puzzle online. Uh, I like surfed the web, you know, but for eight hours a day, that's like kind of hard to do even. And so I realized like if I was going to survive this job and not die of boredom, I give myself, I should give myself a project. So my project was to study plant medicine and medicinal Mm. plants, uh, which was something that I had been interested in, but I'd never really like pursued it. Uh, at least certainly not to the degree that I was about to. So now when I would come into work, I started doing as much research on medicinal plants as possible. And so uh, in that study, I came across ayahuasca and immediately it stuck out. So it became a big focus for my studies and I began like really researching everything I could find on ayahuasca. Now this was in the year 1999. Uh, so there wasn't that much information about ayahuasca, uh, but whatever there was, I was researching it, and I was printing it all out on the office printer, and because the printer was written right next to that receptionist, I spent more time getting to know her and <laughs> talking about Peru, and um, we began speaking about what we were going to do for Y2K, which was like kind of a you know, a hot topic. Oh, Is yeah. The world that was a big or something. Thing. And she said, well, she was going to Peru to visit her family. I said, I want to, I would like to go to Peru. And she said, well, you can come with me if you want to. Uh, so the next thing I know, January 2000, January 1st, year 2000, I flew down to Peru for the first time. I had already been, become interested in ayahuasca, but that wasn't really the purpose of my trip. I was just, um, you know, kind of riding on the coattails of this uh, synchronicity. So I stayed with my receptionist's family um, in Lima, and then I traveled by myself to Machu Picchu. And I had the opportunity to drink ayahuasca in Cusco, but it wasn't authentic. At least it wasn't what I knew to be true as a jungle medicine with an indigenous healer. It was more uh, commercial. So Mm -hmm. I chose not to do that, but I had a journal again. And in my journal, I wrote, I want to come back to Peru and go to the jungle and drink ayahuasca there. When I got back to the U.S., I got a career job and 
started like what I would call the the successful phase of my life, at least on paper it was successful, but that's also when my life started becoming disconnected from following omens that had led me across the country and back and in the VW bus and had made me feel so connected and satisfied. And now I was successful. I made a lot of money. I had a nice house. I drove a nice car. I had all these things that we associate with success. But inside, I was actually suffering much more because I turned my back towards the connection in Instead of having the career, like I, if if I felt like it was time for me to go somewhere else, I, I would just say, well, I can't, you know, I, I have my career. And so the guidance that I had been following in my youth, I was uh, trying to push away and ignore. And that was causing me to suffer a lot. And then to solve that, I started using hard drugs, painkillers to numb the feeling so that I could tolerate my success, which I had been so conditioned to believe was the goal that that I just accepted that that's what you do. Like, well, you know, when you're young, you're connected. And when you when you get older, you're disconnect yourself so that you can make a a career. Um, And that led me to wake up in my car at three o'clock in the morning underwater realizing uh, very quickly that I needed to get out of the car, not having any idea how I got there. I had been drinking and using drugs that night and blacked out behind the wheel of my car and drove it into a river. I jumped out the window of my car, swam to the shore. I had no idea where I was, how I got there. And that was an incredibly important point in my life where I woke up to the realization that my conditioning was wrong and that I needed to still continue to follow the omens and the guidance of the universe or else I would be so miserable that I might actually die. And that was a a really important wake-up call for me. Two weeks later, I had quit my job. I decided that I'm just going to wait until I receive another message, another omen or or, uh, guide as to what to do next. I got an email from a friend of mine saying, I'm in Iquitos, Peru right now. I met two guys named Roman and Eugene from Russia, and they know a real shaman, and they drink ayahuasca with him. If you want to come down, we can drink ayahuasca with this shaman together. I knew that was a sign. I knew that was what I was meant to do at that time. So a week later, I was flying down to Peru to go to the jungle, to Iquitos, Peru, and that's when I had my first ayahuasca experience. At that point, I had spiraled into a drug addiction. I had a really bad digestive problem that doctors couldn't diagnose uh, nor treat, and you know my life was kind of a mess, and so I needed some real help. And yeah, and I spent three weeks in the in the jungle. I drank ayahuasca five times with a corandero named Don Juan, and mm. I never did drugs again. And my life changed drastically. In this third ceremony, he told me that it was my path to become a healer, and that if I wanted to, I could live with him, and he would teach me as his student. And so oh I took him up on that offer. I accepted. And I did go home and tie up all the loose ends, moved out of my house, sold my car and all my possessions. And then in January of 2004, I moved down and lived in his house with his family for four years. At the end of that period in 2009, I started 
the Ayahuasca Foundation. So we've been running for close to 10 years now, and that's the quick sum up of how it all happened. Wow. Wow, that that's so moving. Ah, wow. And the Celestine prophecy, that's just, that was, yeah, that's, that's talk about a prophecy for sure. Um, <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> We're going to come up on a commercial break here in just a few minutes, but I want to, I kind of, so a curandero is the medicine man, correct? Is that right? right? To curar, curar would be to heal, to cure. Okay. So a curandero right. would be a healer. And curandismo is the medicine? Yeah, curandarismo would be the tradition, or I like to call it the science, the healing science. That's what my first teacher called it, the science. So it's curandarismo. Okay. And I mispronounced ayahuasca. That's normally how I've been pronouncing it. And a friend of mine said, oh, no, it's ayahuasca. Say it properly. It's like, okay. <laughs> so did you learn from the same lineage that is um, part of your foundation? Uh, no, actually. My my original teacher was the, the first and only curandero that I knew uh, for literally the entire four years that I studied with him. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't. I never drank with anyone else but him for my first four years, or essentially my first four and a half years, if you include that first experience. Uh, he was what's called mestizo, and he's. Okay. I mean, what a fascinating guy he is. His name is Don Juan Tangoa Paima, and um, his grandparents were Chinese, Indian, Italian, and Peruvian. And so he's okay. mestizo means mixed. So it's mm-hmm. like not a not a pure race and uh, not so he he wasn't indigenous but his grandfather was a Chinese medicine man so he incorporated Chinese medicine with his grand other grandfather who was um, shaman from the the jungle and uh, so he called his his path the black jaguar green dragon. And so that mm-hmm. referred to like the Chinese elements of, of plant medicine and the Amazonian elements of plant medicine. So, it was, I, I mean, he's a really unique person, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, he was my teacher. It wasn't until I started the Ayahuasca Foundation that I teamed up with my current teachers who are the Mahua Lopez lineage, the Mahua family and the Lopez family. And Vilma Mahua married Enrique Lopez and created this new lineage based on those two practices, both of them which are, both of them are from the Shipibo tribe. And I joined up with them because they love to teach so much. And nothing against my first teacher or the other teachers I've had. It's one thing to be a wonderful um, practitioner, like you could be a wonderful doctor or a chemist or something, but it takes a special gift to be a wonderful teacher. And the Lopez family especially have a passion for teaching. They love to share and they, 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 they devote time to try to figure out how best to teach. And it's their, their goal really to spread their tradition around the world. And so it was kind of the perfect fit for the Ayahuasca Foundation. And that's who I work with now. That's awesome. That's the, the Shipibo is what I've heard of most um, so good to know. So you offer right. a number of retreats for individuals, and you use the term holotropic. Um, what does that mean in regards to 
um, what you share there. Sure. Uh, well, hol- holotropic is an, uh, a great term. I believe it was coined by Stanislav Grof, who was a psychedelic therapist who then, uh, because of the, the changes in laws in the 60s and the outlawing of LSD, which was one of his preferred substances in his therapy, um, developed what's called holotropic breathwork. That's what he calls it. And so holotropic, um, from the Latin, breaking it down, simply means moving towards wholeness. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's, you know, I think it's pretty self-explanatory once you understand the meaning of it. It just means moving towards wholeness. So it is like holistic um, in the sense that you need to move towards wholeness in all vibrational frequencies of existence. And by that, I mean the vibrational frequencies, the low vibrations, which are the solid states, which we would know to be our bodies, our flesh and blood and bones, uh, into the, the medium frequencies, which would be akin to the liquids of our emotional bodies, the flowing of our emotional bodies, and, and the higher vibrational states of the vapor uh, phase or our thoughts, our mental states, and, and the programs and conditioning that we have in, in those body of, of our existence. And then the entirety of it all, which would be like the water uh, itself or what we're actually made of, the energy that we're made of, which is the consciousness and spirit. And um, and so you want to have a wholeness of all of those elements, and, and that's how you achieve true health. Wow, that's awesome. And you, in, you incorporate, and well, when we... Um we're going to come up on a break here in about a minute, and I don't want to get into what the actual journey is like, but um, you incorporate different things into the experience and the retreats that people take, correct? That's right, yeah. So that makes I'm not, sense. It's going to take a little bit of time to get into that, so maybe we'll wait until after the right. break to discuss that. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's, um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and take a break now because we're at 30 seconds and then we will be back and and we'll continue on stay tuned become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Things Worth Considering, featuring hosts Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore what we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's time to transform your life. 
Start by tuning in to The Glenise Show with Glenise Hughes. Glenise combines business, relationships, wealth, life, and a whole lot of magic to create abundance and prosperity in every part of your life. It's all done through straight and often frank discussions in the best way that Glenise knows how. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Master your life with The Glenise Show. Do you have audacious faith for your business? We help you to learn more about stepping out on faith to brand your business and yourself in today's crowded competitive marketplace. Is your marketing plan in order? How do you set yourself apart? Audacious Faith for Your Business with host Dawn Jordan-Jones will teach you the methods that can make yourself and others aware of who you are. Audacious Faith for Your Business is broadcast live every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in and see your hard work pay off. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Mur Marmion. To find out more about us and the program, please visit CreativeDivineStudios.com Now, back to this week's show. Welcome. Welcome back. We're talking about ayahuasca and we have Carlos Tanner from the Ayahuasca Foundation in Iquitos, Peru um, as our guest. And we're going to dive right in because we have a lot to talk about still. Um, Carlos, can you talk about the the ayahuasca journey and, and what some of the things that individuals might experience and how like if you know the different retreats that you offer and the different components that you offer sure uh well one of the things that i try to describe right off the bat is that the tradition of ayahuasca is way more than just drinking ayahuasca um ayahuasca is the heart of the tradition but the tradition itself uses hundreds of plants and in a wide variety of treatment methods. And, and so to receive treatment from a corandero in the tradition would require drinking ayahuasca, but it would also involve all these other different methods that we employ in our programs. So a typical retreat, for example, would start with an ayahuasca ceremony, which we would call a diagnostic ceremony that would enable the corandero to kind of like using, um, if you go to a, a doctor in the U.S., like an allopathic doctor, they do tests, they might do a blood test, they might do x-rays or whatever those tests are according to your symptoms. They usually want to do tests and when they get the results back, they get a better idea about what is going on and how to treat it. That's all done as well in this tradition, except that it's done using ayahuasca. So the, the corandero leads the ceremony. They're like looking inside you. They're kind of doing the tests um, with their own perceptive ability. Mm-hmm. And, and then they would then have a diagnosis and a prognosis of treatment that would follow that ceremony. Uh, treatment usually starts almost... It always starts with a cleansing of the digestive system, uh, which would be like the, the the heart of the immune system. And the essence of the entire treatment is all about cleansing. 
the same way that when you have a cut, you, you clean it. And that's basically all you do. You just keep a cut clean and it heals itself. Why does it heal? I don't really know exactly, except that it does. Therefore, I call it a divine motivating principle of all being for mm-hmm. harmony and health. Um, every animal heals itself. Every plant heals itself. Uh, you know, every living thing has built inside it the power to heal, provided there are no obstacles in the way. And that's why you clean something. That's essentially another way of saying clean is to remove the obstacles. And so mm-hmm. that's essentially what you want to do, except that you're cleansing all of the bodies that I just talked about. So you're not just cleansing your physical body, but of course that's a big part of it, especially because a lot of the medicines you'll be taking will need to be absorbed by the body. So you want to you know, cleanse the mechanism for absorption. And so that starts in the gut. So you take a plant called a purgative. There's a whole category of purgatives. And that would make you throw up and possibly have diarrhea uh, to cleanse out any of the toxins and to start resetting the bacterial balance of your digestive system, which is a key to having a properly functioning immune system. But Mm -hmm. then you would also start cleansing your emotional body, like I mentioned, and that would be done through saunas or what we call vapor baths. And that's Mm -hmm. similar to what we know as like sweat lodges, although in this case you use plants that are boiled in in water and create a steam. And so you get into like this personal sauna, uh, open up all of your pores and release toxins through your pores and absorb these plant medicines and plant essences. And they have this amazing quality to uh, release emotional toxins. And so it's very common for people to break down uh, crying or, you know, whatever that release expresses itself as. And so there's another element of cleansing. And and then that goes on into smoke baths, uh, which is like similar to smudging, although not mm-hmm. with sage, and using a different plant that's called Palo Santo. Maybe you've mm. heard of it. It's a, a aromatic it. wood. <laughs> right. Yes. And, um, and, and then there are uh, a number of other uh, remedies that are used as a way to cleanse. Some of them, some of them are focused on the mind. Some of them are focused on the circulatory system, which would be like Pinon Colorado, which oxygenates the blood and increases circulation. Some of them would be for the central nervous system, like Chiricxanango, um, which also is a place where stored emotions are to- toxic emotions are stored, and and so there's this lengthy process that involves all of these other powerful plants, and ayahuasca is the 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 root that connects them all. And the Corandero uses the ayahuasca and the patient uses the ayahuasca also for his own mental cleansing, for the cleansing of thought patterns that are harmful or detrimental to the health, especially in repairing the vessel that is meant to hold self-love, which I think almost every person gets damaged at some point throughout their mm-hmm. lives. The degree of damage uh, expresses itself in various ways. And, and so by restoring healthy thought patterns and, and self-love on a spiritual level, all of these like combine to create a healthy person. And that's the kind of health that lasts. Um, you can treat the body, you can treat one element, but not the other. But of course, th- without treating it all, th- the chances of that influencing 
the, the detriment or the illness or the affliction uh, influencing back towards the body is, is, is much higher. So you want to, you know, really get every level, every aspect, every vibrational frequency, uh, every phase of our being cleansed together and then have that time for that universal divine principle of healing and balance to run its course. And it's actually not that complicated. Now, what is ayahuasca doing? That's a great question. Uh, to me, ayahuasca is an amplifier. It allows the body or our senses particularly to expand. So we're very familiar with the concept of uh, the visible spectrum. The visible mm-hmm. spectrum is basically a measurement of our biological limitations to perce- perceive through our eyes. Our eyes simply cannot perceive beyond the visible spectrum, which is why it's called invisible. Um, but that's a frequency of light. I know when I was a kid, I remembered it as Roy G. Biv, the, the colors of the rainbow. And, but yet we know that there is so much more light. In fact, 99% of light we, can, we cannot see. We can only see that 1%, which is the visible spectrum. But ultraviolet light is something that we're well aware of. Infrared light, something we're well aware of. And then way beyond that. So we kind of find ourselves somewhere in the middle of that giant spectrum of light frequency. And what ayahuasca does is it allows us to expand that frequency so that we increase or amplify our perceptive abilities to go beyond what is normally visible into the invisible or into another dimension, a higher dimension or a lower dimension. And it also does that for our audible spectrum what we're able to hear and what we're able to feel, our tactile uh, spectrum and so many of these subtle senses that unfortunately we don't have names for, but we know they exist, most especially intuitive senses and things like that. So all of our ability to perceive is expanded. Our ability to become aware is expanded. And through that, we can then see more of what is real what is really there and feel more of it and hear more of it and know more about ourselves and about the world that we live in. And because of that, we are able to acquire information that becomes tremendously helpful in understanding what we need to do, how to do it, and the belief and faith that we can do it. And and what I mean by it is achieve health and harmony and happiness in our lives again. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, yes, I, that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, so we're um, an individual who would be coming to your, um, your center to work on one thing is completely different for someone who's coming for like major childhood trauma or something. Is that, is that right? Or? Right. Uh, Well, there are certainly going to be differences, but there will also be similarities. And I would say that the similarities are probably uh, greater than the differences in most cases. Um, We actually have three different centers. One we call our school, and that's where we run training programs for people who, like me, feel like they're called to a path to be a healer. And so we have a training program that allows them to have an authentic initiation into the tradition. And that's done in a different location. And then we have our healing retreats. And we have our original healing retreat center, which we're going to come up on our 10th anniversary this year. 
And that would be for people that are looking to be healed, but not necessarily wanting to, you know, not necessarily feeling that it's their calling to become a healer. And then we have a new center that we just opened a year and a half ago. That's a research center. And so we do offer healing programs there as well, but we have uh, given ourselves the freedom to experiment a bit more with how we offer the programs. And so that's where we integrate a lot more of what I call complementary practices, which are some of like the holotropic breath work or epigenetic reprogramming, uh, hypnosis, and uh, some other aspects that we think could be complementary and kind of an attempt to discover what the future of medicine might be in by combining these elements. So if you were to come and just do a, a healing program at our healing retreat, which are like the retreats we've operated for the last 10 years, um, then yes, of course, it would be different per uh, condition. But mm-hmm. you mentioned childhood trauma, and that's something that it's, I think it would be really rare to meet someone who didn't have childhood trauma. I guess the difference would just be what, where on the spectrum, you know, how severe uh, was it? Right. And, and so the treatment for that is, is kind of universal. We're going to treat everyone for childhood trauma because it's just, uh, I mean, it's almost a guarantee that at some point something happened that I call, um, cracking the the vessel so we all have this vessel and it is designed to hold the love that we create for ourselves and that is what we are born to do that is a, a function of being alive and all beings have it and yet when that vessel gets cracked depending on the severity of the crack in this analogy uh, either love starts dripping out or it's leaking out or it's just pouring out and you know if you have a big hole in that vessel you can't hold any love for yourself in it anymore and that of course manifests itself into what could be really severe afflictions of depression mm-hmm. and anxiety and and self-hatred and and um beyond into physical illnesses such as cancer or or anything really it can express itself in a in a way that Without that self-love, the it, it it ends up being almost self-hatred or worthlessness, and and messaging becomes negative and destructive uh, rather than positive and healthy. And mm-hmm. so, what do you want to do? You want to you want to repair that that vessel instead of seeking out that love outside of you and constantly needing that love, reinforcing it putting yourself into dependent relationships because of that need, all of the things that we end up doing to try to compensate for it, what we really need at the heart of it is to fix our own vessel so that we can hold our own love for ourselves again and 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 then hold it in a way that we can then give it to others, you know, have it, have that vessel overflow. And and that's the goal. We all have that. And unfortunately, we live in a culture that has capitalized on the awareness that people don't have that vessel. And so we get caught up with all these different ways. And for me, it was to use drugs, you know, to try Mm -hmm. to try to like feel like I had 
my vessel full again if I was high on drugs. Other people, it's maybe eating food or other people, it's buying things. That's a really common one. Oh, you don't feel good? Well, you need to buy something. And you didn't, it didn't, it didn't work. Well, you didn't buy enough. And, um, and so ayahuasca is just a, a magical tool in the sense that it allows you to actually repair that vessel. And for the case of childhood trauma, oftentimes what it does is because of the amplification of your senses, it's able to recreate in pristine reality the trauma itself. And when you're a child and you experience a trauma, a very common scenario is that a situation occurs that you cannot process because you don't have the maturity or the understanding to completely understand it, interpret it correctly. So you get caught up blaming yourself. You think it's your fault that you did it. You think you must be a bad person as a result of it. All of these things, you start blaming yourself negatively because you have no mechanism uh, enabling you to properly understand or interpret the experience. But as an adult, if you could go back and live that experience again, you could tell yourself, you know, you could tell your child self, like, hey, that's not your fault. That's not, that has nothing to do with you, man. Don't, you shouldn't, you, don't blame yourself for that at all because you would know as an adult with the proper perspective, with the proper understanding, that how to accurately interpret it. And ayahuasca, yeah. by amplifying your senses, can actually create the reality of that scenario with it, all the feelings, the true feelings, except the maturity to properly reinterpret it and then resolve an inaccurate perception that caused the trauma to be there for your whole life. Mm-hmm. And that's, they call it the mother, the mother plant, isn't it called the mother plant? Yes, yeah, it's definitely been called like the, the mother of the forest. Mm-hmm, yeah. The nurturer, it sounds like. <laughs> um, it's, that's you right. know, with yeah. this treatment being so powerful and, and helpful for individuals in this way, I'm just, you know, I understand why it's not allowed here in the United States, at least at this time, correct? Is that correct? Right. Um, any idea if it's ever going to, well, I wouldn't say ever, but any movement in that, in that opening up? Yeah, so much has happened. The, the last, the last 10 years have been amazing. There's definitely, I am so, so helpful, hopeful for the future. Do because we need it, to take another break or can I keep going? No, we've got like a minute. So maybe 30 seconds. So. Oh, per, oh perfect. <laughs> um, yes. There is an organization called MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. They were our fiscal oh, yeah. sponsor for the research center. And they are working hard to legalize ayahuasca for research purposes. And we are currently at our research center performing the first study ever funded by the UK government on ayahuasca and its ability to heal childhood trauma. So things are definitely happening and they're leaning towards the movement of legalization. Oh, that is so awesome. It's so needed. Um, You know, these types of options are so so needed for people because clearly our traditional medical system is just not working for many people. So um, we're, yeah. we're, we're going to take a quick break. 
and then when we'll come we'll come back and uh, and finish up. Okay. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you keep past regrets, hurt, pain, and disappointment with you for years or even a lifetime after the experiences? Feel free to clear the air and express yourself as a creative, intuitive, and powerful woman. Listen to Heal Past Wounds and Bring Joy Back with host Andrea Lewis. Andrea and her guests will show you that whatever happened in your past, it doesn't have to define you. Get ready to bring joy back into your life. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Our life takes a series of unexpected detours as we move along our journey. We can choose to accept these detours as something negative, or we can choose to create a learning experience where we can turn a tragedy or unexpected turn in life into something that can help others. To learn more, tune in to Embrace the Unexpected with host Bernadette Butler. In the program, you'll learn how she and others were able to turn setbacks into positives. Listen live Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. If you've always wanted to take the lead in your life, but you don't believe you are a leader, then it's time to change that mindset. Leadership expert Linda Patton will help you discover the powerful leader that lives within and teach you the leadership skills that will transform your business and your life. Stepping into your leadership brings reality to your vision, and leadership can be learned. Find out more on Leadership Stars every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Mur de Marmion. To find out more about us and the program, please visit CreativeDivineStudios.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. And I just looked at my clock and it's 4 4. <laughs> I love those triple digits. <laughs> and we're going to finish up our um, amazing discussion with Carlos Tanner all about the ayahuasca and the ayahuasca foundation in, in Quitos. So, Carlos, you were saying that you wanted to share a lesson. So, what do you want to share with us? I'm working on a, a new series that will be like a video blog. It will be available on our YouTube channel, which is um, youtube.com backslash ayahuasca foundation. And, I, you know, I've been in the Amazon for 15 years and I've had the pleasure of working with some incredible teachers and as well as some incredible plant spirits who have been my teachers. And um, some lessons that have 
come through the tradition that were initially for the tradition itself, like how uh, for the path of a healer, uh, they have such tremendous application in life in general. And that's kind of what I want to share in this video series. But I'd like to share one um, now if I can, which is a pretty simple one. But it's something that made a really big impact in my life. And in in the tradition, they call it being tested. And so if you're on the path of of a healer, then it's inevitable that you will get tested. And to be tested means to be put into a situation that is is exceptionally challenging. You know, it's going to, it's going to like really cause a problem for you to overcome this challenge. But in doing so, you will ascend to another level of understanding in your work. And it makes a lot of sense uh, because we do it in school. You know, like you you take tests at the end of a school year to demonstrate that you learned what you needed to in fourth grade and then can go on to fifth grade and so forth. Uh, and, and then, and, and that's what it basically is doing on, on your path too. And to me, it's what we're doing in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, we've all been there before where something uh, seemingly terrible has a- occurred in our life, which has caused us so much agony. And, and we maybe have found ourselves shaking our fists at the sky, you know, wondering <laughs> why me, you know, why, what did I do to deserve this? And, and I, I know I've been there and I think a lot of people have, but this Ditto. concept <laughs> of being tested creates, it, it like flips it totally on its head where instead of shaking your he- fist and saying, why me? Now you're like, oh, okay. So I'm at the end of a level. Like uh, I, I am, I'm at the completion stage of mm-hmm. a plane of existence and I'm ready to demonstrate that I've learned enough on this one to ascend to a higher level. So I can feel good about this. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to ace this test. I'm going to (laughs) show that I I can overcome these challenges and and not just pass it, but I'm going to ace this uh, because I'm so looking forward to the next level. And it's such a, it's been such a help for me. Like, you know, just because you work with ayahuasca for a decade or however long, like your problems don't disappear. Like your life has stuff going on forever. Your relationships, your life, we all have to, you know, do so much stuff to to make it all work. And and all of that guaranteed, there's going to be challenges to overcome. But this gives you this motivation, this faith, you know, that not only do you know that you'll be able to do it, that you will be able to do it like in flying colors, like you'll do it better than you could ever imagine. You have that capability inside you. And that's exactly why the challenge is there, to demonstrate to yourself and to demonstrate to the world, to the universe, that you are ready to go to the next level. And and that's been so helpful for for me. And, And there's another element to it that's really cool because likewise, we've probably always uh, also been in a situation where we've seen someone who seemingly has no problems in their life. Everything is just grand, you know, and we look at them and we're like, why is it that that person has no problems in their life at all? And here I am having to overcome challenge after challenge. And if you put it into the same perspective, it's like looking at someone in kindergarten 
who just plays in a sandbox all day. And that's not to take that's not taking away. That's not an insult or anything to a child in kindergarten. That's a wonderful thing. Does that mean that I want to be in kindergarten again? No way. I would, you know, it sounds great for a day or something, but I would be so bored. We all would because we've gotten to the level that we're at. We want those challenges. We want to keep moving forward. And so when you see someone whose soul is at a level of kindergarten, you can smile at them. You're not jealous of them. You don't envy them. You say, hey, man, play in that, in that sandbox while you can, you know, because the tests do get harder as you get older. And, and it's not like you're superior to them. Of course, you don't think, oh, I'm so superior to a kindergartner. Everybody's on the same level. You were in kindergarten once, too. But what it does, it takes away that feeling that you wish that your life could be like that other person. And you get to pat yourself on the back, actually. And even when you see someone whose life is way harder than yours, you actually revere and respect that. You're like, wow, that person must have been already achieved so much on a spirit level for them to be dealing with the problems that they are. And that's a phenomenon that we see. I know I've seen it where you see someone and they talk about their life and you're like, oh my God, your life has been so hard. How is it that you're sitting here smiling and laughing? And, and that's because, well... They've already been through those levels. Maybe you haven't yet to do that. And, and mm-hmm. so by thinking about it in that way, which was all you know, presented through the tradition itself, it's enabled me to feel so much better about where I am in my life. And when I have a problem, to not let it beat me down, but rather to motivate me to stand up and you know, roll up my sleeves and get to work because I know that I'm getting this challenge because I can overcome it and that I can ace it and move on to an even higher level of existence. And that's one of the most important lessons I've learned from studying the tradition. This is just a fabulous note to self. (laughs) I have um, heard that and I have tried to embrace that and it's, it's coming around again. So thank you for that. That's like, I always get these wonderful synchronicities with my guests. It's just pretty awesome. Um, Definitely. When will that, is the series available on your um, website now? I was hoping to have it available. Unfortunately, there was a storm on Monday. We lost power for two days. So I was actually mm-hmm. kind of getting nervous that I might not be able to do this interview. But um, but I will plan to have it up by this weekend, at least the first episode. There'll be 10 episodes and they're all focused on lessons that I have learned. Um, that is one of the episodes that I just kind of shared. I'll talk a little bit more about it in the video blog. But, um, but yeah, that will, will start this weekend most likely. And then, and then we'll see what the feedback is. I'd like to do another series that gets into a little bit more detailed aspects of the tradition itself. Um, but for now, I just thought I'd start with lessons that people could apply into their own lives. And hopefully, you know, find uh, an easier path to managing all the problems that we have in our lives. Mm-hmm. That That is amazing. And that, share that website again where people can find that those videos. That's on our YouTube page. So it's just youtube.com backslash ayahuasca foundation. Um, okay. You can go to our ayahuasca website uh, our ayahuasca foundation.org is our website and so on that website also you can click links to all of our other social media on instagram and facebook and youtube and google plus and all of that 
Um, but yeah, it'll be on our YouTube page where we also have a bunch of other videos of testimonials and reviews. And all of the retreats that you offer as well. Yes, correct. Yeah. So we have um, a one week, two week, three week and four, uh, th- one, two and three week retreats and a four, six and eight week courses. Um and then they're op- offered at different centers, like I mentioned. The new retreat mm-hmm. center has our four-week course, which is the healing empowerment course. And uh, that, to me, is the, the kind of the culmination of the last 15 years for me uh, and putting together what I feel is the future of medicine by combining ancient traditions with cutting-edge discoveries. Like epigenetics, to me, is the future of scientific understanding Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, combining the reprogramming of how we react to our experiences and with the amplification of our senses through the ayahuasca tradition, that to me is, is where we're, we're headed, you know, um, empowering ourselves to control the way that we react to our environment is the essence of maintaining health and, preventing illness and and so yeah I, I do feel like there's a paradigm shift happening I do feel that ayahuasca is definitely a part of it ayahuasca has an agenda for sure she's got a plan and we're all part of it and mm-hmm. uh, we should uh, you know I, I feel blessed to have the role in it that I do but every one of us will play some role in the awakening of our understanding of just how powerful we are and what we're truly made of. Thank you so much, Carlos. We're at the end of our um, show and I need to close. And I, I am, I'm so grateful for you being here and, and sharing your wisdom and talking about your center and everything that you do. And um, maybe as things evolve and you have other things to share, you can be a guest on our show again in the near future. Um, that would again, be thank great. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Mark, yeah. for having me on. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. You too. So very quickly, I'll talk about next week's show. I am welcoming a new co-host, my friend Wendy Morrison, who is the owner of Mother Nature's Son and Mother Nature's Earth School. And she is going to be here in Asheville, North Carolina with me in May. And... Um, But we are featuring her next week um, as our guest, and she is going to be talking about her um, her work. She is um, she's a sacred sound therapist and a certified crystal healer, and she has a passion for sacred space clearing. And really, what she's offering, what we're going to be talking about, is the frequency of living space and the importance of alignment in where we are living and the ancient practice of Vasu Shastra, which is an ancient um, Hindu practice um, known as um, Indian Feng Shui. So that's our show for today. Thank you all for being here and we will be back here next week. So stay tuned. Thank you for tuning into Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Mur DeMarmian. We'll be back with another edition next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a good week ahead.